Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we're now joined by Jay, who you may know as the editor over at the Eagles Beak. Um, Jay, yesterday's full show, the main topic was Frank DeBoer and whether or not Crystal Palace should sack him. We all decided resolutely that no, he should be kept, and... Less than eight hours later, he was sacked, um, which obviously doesn't make us look great. Uh, from the Palace side, obviously the loss to Burnley was a disappointing one, but it looked a pretty solid effort. What what led to his getting sacked yesterday? Hello, Kim. Thanks for having me back on the pod. Um, so it's all your fault then? Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> it is. We jinxed it. <laughs> um, yeah, so... It's not been a great start to the season. Obviously, Frank was uh, appointed uh, in the summer. Uh, a long, protracted saga, I think, in terms of whether the club knew who they were going to appoint and ended up plumping for the ball, which um, for a lot of people was a bold ex- a bold move, exciting move. It was clear that the owners wanted us to kind of move away from the typical Palace way of playing and uh, having those typical British managers in charge of Palace. You know, that's, that's what we've had. You know, pa- uh, Holloway, when we first came up, uh, Pulis, Pardew, Allardyce, you know, is, there's a, you know, they're all very similar kinds of managers. Um, Palace seem to have a way of playing, and uh, and we have the players to to play that way of uh, playing as we have done in the Premier League for, uh, you know, since we've been up. This is our fifth season in succession, a, a record in terms of uh, successive Premier League seasons we've had uh, at uh, at Sellers Park. Yeah, four games in, no goals, four defeats, not great. I have to say, yesterday's game against Burnley, we absolutely battered Burnley. I don't know if you if you agree with that on the pod yesterday. I haven't I haven't heard, but um, it was pretty much um, pretty one sided. We made Burnley look very poor, but once again, we had a, a a terrible mistake at the back, another defensive mistake. And I think if you look at most of our goals this season, they have been defensive mistakes, defensive howlers. Um, that one was a right a real howler, but. Let's face facts, we should have been Bernie. Um, we had, I think, 26 shots uh, on, on goal in the game yesterday. Some horrendous misses. We just alluded to that before we started the pod that Scott Dunn could have had a hat-trick in that game. Um, I felt sorry for Frank De Boer on the touchline. Him and Sammy Lee were um, literally having kittens on the touchline watching the game and, and not understand, or not just couldn't comprehend how we hadn't scored by the time the full-time whistle went. Um, I don't think that many... I think most fans were kind of not so much dejected, but frustrated that we hadn't come away with anything from the game. And it was a marked improvement on previous weeks. A lot of people have said that the the new tactics, the new formation, the method of or the style of play has impacted on the players. But to be honest, when I, when I just mentioned that the you know the goals we conceded have literally been defensive errors and not really 
uh, linked to the actual formation or style of play that uh, you know De Boer has introduced at Palace, and it's something that is introduced all the way through the club into you know the academy sides are playing the same formation all the way through. Um, in terms of whether today's announcement was a shock, no, it wasn't a shock. It was more of a shock, I think, because we actually showed improvement yesterday against Burnley, um, and I think the the funny thing is that. Palace have been built up over the weekend as being, you know, a team that's on the brink of losing four games in a row. And we did lose four in a row. We haven't scored a goal. Media were in a frenzy about all those records. And then suddenly today, we're a club, we're a joke of a club because we've sacked a manager after four games. And it's something that the media are kind of uh, pressing on the club anyway to make a decision. So it's quite bizarre. It's typical media in this country, to be fair. Four games, is it? Is it too early? Um, for me, yeah, I think it is. But um, I think the biggest thing about it is that we have to look at our next few fixtures and I think that has a big impact on on why a decision has been made Mm. yeah for those that don't know the next four matches Southampton at home City United away and then Chelsea at home so not exactly an easy run yeah easy nothing nothing wrong with that (laughs) I mean anybody that followed (laughs) Palace last season you know we did get some massive results towards the end of the season against the top sides yeah Yeah, Chelsea Arsenal um, towards the end of the season which ultimately ended up ended up uh, staying in the division um, it, it, quite quite comfortably in the end as well. So, you know, while it's not a bad thing, I think that has had an impact on the fact that, you know, those four, get those four games out of the way, we're eight games into the season. If we haven't got a result in any, in any of those games, we're eight games in, no points, hopefully, well, potentially no goals, and, and that's an even worse situation than now. So while a lot of people are castigating the club and Steve Parrish on making the decision now, I can understand why he's made it. There was a lot of rumours after the Swansea loss before the international break that um, it was it was on the brink, the decision was to be made. Um, I do think that uh, the, the American owners perhaps had a say in uh, what happened, I believe. I can't, I'm not sure if they were at the game uh, yesterday or not, um, but uh, obviously, you know, the, the American interest in the club um, in terms of, you know, money pumped into the club, they would have had their own opinion of it as well. So it's not been great. It really hasn't been great. But um, like I say, the game against Burnley was a marked improvement, our best performance of the season. Um, I think we're unlucky not to get something out of the game because I really do think we, we battered Burnley and made them look distinctly average at, at home, which it was a big strength for them last season. Yeah, definitely agree that it was a, a strange one. You mentioned not knowing what we said on the show. Basically, we said it was strange that it was this result that got him sacked, that even though it would have been earlier, perhaps the, the match last time out against Swansea would have seemed reactionary, but based on the performance, you could have said, okay, well, we haven't looked that great thus far. Now it's time to get rid. Very strange to happen, as you say, after a match where you had the better of Burnley um, for yeah. <laughs> pretty much anybody watching it. Uh, you mentioned that you know the media wasn't really going to be pleased either way with this. <laughs> what, what's what's it like for Palace fans right now? Do you think it was it, it could have been handled any better, or was it just a bad situation all around? There's a distinct feeling that um, the club believe, or the own, or perhaps Steve Parish believes that he made a mistake in, in appointing De Boer, and that will be the first mistake he's made since he's been at the club. Which you know you, you can't you can't really argue the fact that uh, you know he hasn't really. Uh, He's made the right decisions all the way through his tenure so far. And, you know, he is the most successful chairman that's been in charge of Palace, you know, overseeing the club um, out of administration and, and into a period where we're, we're enjoying our, I say enjoying, um, we've started our fifth campaign, a consecutive campaign in the Premier League. Um, so it's hard to knock a chairman, but, you know, people in that position are there to be, um, 
you know question you know by their decisions and obviously you'll live, live or die by by their decisions so yeah while while there's a lot of suggestions that he made the wrong call in trying to change the ethos at palace you know palace's way of playing it's not particularly a style that you know is it, it, a, a team that plays with the ball on the pitch you know good football bring for academy players you know fans have wanted to see that for a, for a number of seasons now and you know i think the addition or the the uh, bringing in the likes of Pulis and Allardyce, you know, a lot of fans are probably against that more than they were of a De Bora, um appointment, really, because I think the De Boer appointment was interesting, bold, um, like I alluded to earlier. You know, the, the, the Dutch way is an attractive way of football, isn't it? Al- always has been the way that the Dutch have played football. Obviously, not in recent years, of course. <laughs> um, uh, it's not been that great for them, not worked out great for them. But, you know, there, there's always been a question mark about De Boer into Milan. Very similar situation. Um, didn't last very long there. Obviously, lasted less, long, you know, uh, less time at Palace. But obviously, did well at Ajax. And that's, you know, where he kind of made his name. Uh, in management, I don't know where he goes from here. I feel sorry for uh, for him, really, but I think it's just a kind of circumstance, and it's a lot to do with the money in the Premier League, isn't it? And their four games doesn't sound an awful lot of time to give a manager a chance to completely change uh, a style or system. Um, and really, he hasn't been able to sign the players to kind of allow the side to play that system. He's inherited a bunch of players who, I don't know, I, I fail to understand how professional players can't adapt to a new system. Um, but I think some players clearly are set in their ways, clearly aren't good enough for such a system and or, or maybe um, you know have the football in brain to play such a system. I think we struggle with win-backs, really, uh, mostly in this system. But uh, like I say, I, I don't think it was a huge problem with the system. I think it was more um, the defensive errors. If you look at our goals this season, I think, uh, I think you could probably say 80 to 90% of the goals that we've conceded have been defensive errors um, which is whether it's a lack of concentration or or the fact that um, there's a focus on defend, defenders having to play the ball rather than actually getting out to the back you know out of the out of the ground as quickly as possible um, which I think Martin Kelly should, um, should have done against Swansea which is you know he's failing there but um, yeah maybe it is a bit of both but um, yeah it, it's an intriguing one it is and, uh, and why you mentioned that um, the media are um, castigating the club and Steve Parrish are making a decision. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I can see why it's being made now to bring somebody in ahead of the game against Southampton, which you know is a game that we can get points out of. There's no no doubt about it. The way we played against Burnley, um, there's no reason why we can't play against a Southampton team who you know, aren't in great form, um, lost at the weekend, um, ahead of three really tough games, which... You know, a team in our position struggling towards the bottom of the table will probably think those three games would be uh, ones you can scratch off and, you know, uh, perhaps not expect anything out of. But as we know from last season, you know, we play some of our best football against the big sides. Yeah, uh, also just one last note on De Boer. Uh, is worth noting that he was without Zaha and Mamadou Sako, who was obviously your big signing uh, on deadline day. So. Um, yeah, yeah. As yeah. a neutral, would have liked to have seen both of them get a chance yeah. under... under uh, uh, yeah, Wilf has been Wilf has been the biggest miss. I think when when De Boer came in, his focus was on making Wilf that focal point for us. Um, you know, he was a lot last season. He had a great season for us last season. Um, got injured in in the opening game against Huddersfield and hasn't played since. And that that has uh, really hindered um, him in terms of options. You know, we haven't had the the depth to be able to, you know to to replace Wilf. And you know, is it? 
a lot of clubs would struggle to you know replace a player of such quality really um let alone you know palace so um so yeah um addition of sacco you know would have been great for him to play against burnley at the weekend perhaps in hindsight would have been uh, you know great to have him playing and um yeah who, who knows whether he would have had an impact in that game as to you know us not losing but you can't uh, legislate for um, players making defensive errors how much however much you train a team on a training pitch all week um, you know you, I don't think De Boer or, or Summerlee would have had much uh, you know much impact on, on what happened in the game yesterday other than you know wanting them to score yeah say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Um, all right, well, that's, that's uh, DeBoer gone. Uh, regardless of what people think about it, it has actually happened. Something that has not yet happened, but is strongly rumored is that um, we'll see Roy Hodgson take over as manager at Crystal Palace. Uh, A, are you thinking that this will be the appointment? And B, what are you thinking about said appointment? Um, yeah, do you know what? A lot of people have been criticising Roy Hodgson ever since the England debacle. I'd say debacle. It's, it's, it's spell in charge of England. And, and also he got heavily criticised for his time at Liverpool. But I think a lot of people are kind of holding on to those critics of, of those two management uh, and a periods of management he had, uh, kind of forgetting what he did, um, you know, elsewhere. I mean, he had a great, had a good stint at Inter Milan. Um, he's talked to West Brom fans and Fulham fans and they don't have a bad word to say against him. Uh, I was only talking to a West Brom fan actually uh, earlier on today who said he'd have, he'd have Roy Hodgson back at West Brom uh, immediately over Pulis. Um, however mad that might sound, Pulis doesn't have... Uh, a huge amount of fans, even even at West Brom at the moment, after what he did last season, you know, did well for them, you know, for West Brom finishing so high on the table, but uh, not great to watch as as we've experienced uh, with his time with us. So, yeah, maybe Roy Hodgson is is a good fit for us. You know, is is a kind of manager that we've employed in the past and done well with. You know, I alluded to Allardyce, Pardew, Pulis, and Holloway before that. Kind of fits that that. Palace management style really doesn't he he fits in well 70 years old is a question mark about um, you know longevity of such a such an appointment but 
what length, what longevity do you get in football? This is the thing. Um, as we found out with appointing uh, Frank De Boer, you know, a team like Palace, who we're we're looking to be, um, you know, a fifth season in the Premier League, which is great. We're looking to be a consistent mid-table side. You know, looking up much further than that is, you know, is difficult to see. But you want to be a consistent mid-table side, then. You know what? It's difficult. You know, a bad run of games will end up any manager at any club being sacked, wouldn't it? So um, people say about, oh, that's not that's not appointment for the future. Well, difficult to know what is these days with the money involved in the Premier League. We've we've seen what's happened to Frank de Boer. You know, it's not started well. Um, four games in, no goals, and he's and he's already sacked. And many thought that was a, a an appointment for the future. So. You know, I, I don't buy into all that now. It, it, the football is for the here and now, isn't it? And, and as we know from following social media all the time, everything is all about what happens now. Um, and I think now, you know, he's, he's due to sign a two-year deal tomorrow, I believe, coming in. He's from the era. He's from Croydon. Um, and I think he'd be a decent fit for us. You know, I, I like I said, I haven't spoken to Fulham and West Brom fans. Um, they've had a lot of good things to say about him. And I think the media um, and fans of elsewhere are kind of harbouring onto you know, the very critical comments elsewhere, which tend to drown out the, the good comments a lot of time, don't they? So um, I, I, I don't mind the appointment, actually. It, I'm probably in the minority. Um, but, you know, give the guy a chance, I would say. Yeah, what do you think we can expect from Crystal Palace uh, from here to the end of the season? We already mentioned your really tough fixtures coming up. Mm. Uh, mm. 34 remaining on the whole, though. That's that's kind of the one <laughs> bright side of sacking DeBoer this early is you have basically the whole season to recover. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think we can expect from here on out? Well, Steve Parrish has criticised an awful lot for not sacking Alan Pardew uh, sooner than he actually did. Um, thankfully, Allardyce, Sam Allardyce came in and saved us. Um, I didn't think he would take it that literally, <laughs> not allowing to bore uh, more than four <laughs> games, as it's worked out. But um, I, I think you can expect to see Palace going back to the way we normally play. You know, we've got a talented squad of players. There's no doubt about it. We just need to play to uh, Christian Menteke's strengths. We need to get Jason Punchin back to where he was before. He's really struggled in this side uh, this season. Struggled a lot last season as well. Uh, a lot of questions about um, you know, him being a first choice. Um, he's bang out of form and other players have been dropped in the side and he's continued to play. But I think Roy Hodgson will probably come in um, whether Sam, Sammy Lee will stay, I think uh, I, I rate Sammy Lee very highly. I think it was good that Frank De Boer kept him on because he knew the players from last season. Um, I think Sammy Lee was the assistant to Hodgson when he was at Liverpool. Uh, obviously, the ill-fated stint at Liverpool. Um, there's rumours that Ray Lewington, who has been at Palace before as well, uh, will come in with, uh, with Roy Hodgson. So, um, experienced backroom staff. Uh, experienced English backroom staff, you know, know know that no English football. Obviously, Roy hasn't been a manager in the Premier League for uh, for a while, but he's um, he's got a wealth of experience. He, it's not as if he wouldn't have been watching football, um, you know, since he since he was sacked by England. So, um, I think we can see a return to a typical Palace side, play to our strengths, um, and hopefully, you know, move away from the bottom of the table and make up for this very poor start we've had. Maybe not in the next few games. I think Southampton, we could probably get something out of, hopefully, with a, uh, you know, perhaps a kind of a, a new a new manager feeling, a new manager impetus, new ideas, and kind of, you know, oh, let's let's get going for the manager. But actually, in, in saying that, I have to say that you can't criticise the players for not playing for De Boer. Um, 
you know, you've only got to look at the, the, the performance against Burnley, which is, as I said, our best of the season. Um, there's no suggestion that the players were trying to get De Boer sacked at all. They, they, you know, work work their asses off against Burnley yesterday. You know, through, you know, with no uh, with no return at the end, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, I think we can see a return to Palace playing to their strengths, playing to a formation which the players will uh, be more comfortable with, and. Um, seeing more of what we saw from Palace hopefully uh, in a couple of seasons ago when we finished kind of 10th in the table. Yeah, one one final question. Probably should have asked this before that one. But uh, the one very positive of Frank De Boer's tenure is all of a sudden youth started getting a chance um, yeah. with uh, Fosu Mensah and Loftus-Cheek coming in on loan and playing large roles early. Uh, now Loftus-Cheek obviously has been injured. Um, you also saw some youth uh, academies both with L names that I'm not going to dare try to, <laughs> to pronounce. Um, just w- what does this mean for them, which which seemed a positive that you were finally getting youth bled through. Do you think that will continue under Hodgson, or do you think maybe they'll be relegated to more U23 or PL2 uh, ranks? Well, I think the players you're referring to is Levi Lemaker, who came on as sub yesterday uh, and made, made a good impact, actually. He was you know lively when he came on, replaced uh, Chung Young Lee, um, uh, midway through the second half, and uh, he, he looked uh, he looked decent and uh, had a great chance actually to score with a header, which probably not probably the smallest guy on the pitch uh, the header fell to, but he got into the right position, which is great. Um, Jason Lakilo is the other L player you're referring to. Had a lot of preseason. <laughs> um, he had a lot of freedom in the game, our last friendly game at Sellers, which was against Schalke. Um, he was allowed to take all the free kicks corners, so he, he you know he was highly rated by. Uh, by Frank and also Sally Kai has been on the bench as well. So there's been a lot of, um, you know, that, that's one plus side of Frank De Boer's short term at the club is that he um, perhaps through the fact that we couldn't get the players in uh, the transfer window that we wanted, that he's looked at those, but they got the chances in, um, you know, in, in pre-season, which is really good. And I've always been of the, of the view that, you know, instead of having, you know, players on a bench who, um, you know, journeymen or players that perhaps aren't Premier League quality. I'd much rather have an academy player who who really wants it. You know, he really wants to make a name for himself. Really wants to be a professional football. Obviously, you know, graduate through an academy. But really, you know, I, I find something you know great about youth players kind of making it, getting their chance. And you know, sometimes they don't always do it. But you know, a lot of pressure put on them, particularly in Premier League and clubs like Palace. Don't really have the opportunity much to to blood some of these youngsters but it's been great to see them come through big question mark as to whether Roy Hodgson will continue that he might have to uh, actually with the squad that we have uh, the squad that's available to him um, and you know if he has been watching Palace then he would have seen you know glimpses of, uh, of some of these players as well so hopefully some of that will continue we'll see we'll have a couple of them on the bench we only have one striker a fit striker at the club at the moment in Christian Benteke so that bench will uh, will need to be uh, uh, added to, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have an interest in January as well uh, with, with Hodgson in charge because uh, we will need uh, some additions. Um, Connor Wickham, we're back actually. Um, I think he's uh, due to come back uh, by the end of October, so um, uh, that'd be good to have a, <laughs> another striking option um, uh, available to us. But um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure about Hodgson and uh, youth players. Um, uh, we know very well that uh, he didn't give Wolf Zaha his chance. Uh, with England when he was in charge um, back back then, uh, I think Lewington was his assistant as well. So it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. But I think you know Will's a far better player now and less of the attitude that uh, that was suggested that he had at the time. So um, I don't think there's any problems for Will there. Um, but some of the younger players um, on the fringes, yeah, I'm hopeful. 
they, they, they've shown something already that they can um, add to this squad. And uh, I think it's a case of question. We'll have to look to, look to them uh, on a few occasions uh, between now and January at least. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on today. It's obviously a uh, interesting time at Crystal Palace. Uh, anything <laughs> Another like interesting to... time. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to happen a lot, to be fair. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, anything you'd like to plug on your way out? Uh, yeah, just check out the Eagles Beak. Um, it's been going for about six years now, and it's gone from strength to strength. So we, we've got about 10, uh, 10 12 writers uh, contributing on a regular basis. So it's all about opinion, um, not just Palace. We, we, we stray out into the grassroots football as well, non-league stuff. Um, we just enjoy what we do, so I hope you do too. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Cheers, guys. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.